0: Welcome to the But Here We Go podcast coming at you from But Here We Go Studios in Dallas, Texas. That's it. That's the intro. I was
1: about to say what it is, what it is, what it is, y'all again, but then I remember that I already did that.
0: Not on this episode, just, you didn't.
1: Here's the thing you have like a sign on thing, and I feel like I don't have a sign on.
0: We got to get you a sign-on. I just
1: feel like I'm just sitting here listening to you, and I feel like I need to be doing something or saying something.
0: Do you want me to have like a, I do my sign-on, and then I point at you, and then you do your thing?
1: (laughs) Half of me does, but the other half of me keeps reminding myself that literally five people listen to this. So, is it truly necessary?
0: But... Those five are now expanding. We have somebody from Canada. We have somebody from Mexico. Next thing you know, we're going to have somebody from, I don't know, Estonia. Estonia.
1: Um, next week will be our 50th episode.
0: Wow. Five zero.
1: That is quite crazy. But we have been consistently posting these every single week and we literally have not missed a week.
0: I thought we missed one.
1: I don't think you missed a week. I think we just posted it on like a Tuesday instead of a Monday.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Okay, maybe that's it. Yeah. We haven't missed a single one. In
1: fifty weeks.
0: Could you imagine what would happen if people actually listened? Like if we had I don't know.
1: That was like, well, I don't two, be-
0: three thousand people that's listening. Too many.
1: I would be I would be stressed constantly. About what? Maybe something I said offended. You can't have a people pleaser with a three thousand person public audience. That's like a special level of hell.
0: If you're making everybody happy,
1: something's wrong.
0: Something's wrong,
1: and that's my life.
0: Or <laughs> if you're upsetting somebody, you're doing something right.
1: No, not necessarily.
0: How did do, how does that phrase go? If you're on the right track there's gonna be somebody upset <laughs> i don't know it's <laughs> not there's, a phrase there's a phrase that goes something along those lines like doing the right thing isn't gonna make everybody happy or i don't know something like that
1: <laughs> it's
0: a phrase i've heard it before right i Anywho, said that's a good one
1: um we got back today we had Wait,
0: hold on hold on oh sorry so now it's time for our segment where'd you go Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it actually
1: Where'd works you go? this time. We just got back uh, a few hours ago from 24 hours in San Antonio.
0: 24 hours in Horseshoe Hell.
1: What? No, <laughs> it's, it's a not. Horseshoe Hell.
0: It's a uh, it's actually a climbing competition and it's actually called 24 hours of Horseshoe Hell. So there's this Horseshoe Canyon Ranch which is it's a ranch, it's a working ranch out in Arkansas. And they have this climbing competition called 24 Hours of Horseshoe Help. Because you get 24 hours to climb as many routes as you can. And whoever scores the most points wins the competition.
1: Was this a planned tangent?
0: No, it wasn't. <laughs> no. But that's all. That's a tangent. <laughs> In
1: you. Um, that is
0: not a 24-hour <laughs> trip that we'll be making anytime <laughs> right, soon. okay.
1: Um, we went to go visit a friend of mine who lives down there.
0: Shout out to friends in San Antonio. Wait,
1: what? But we, um, this is a problem with us, at least recently. We just really don't plan what, like the, like an itinerary for vacations, no. which I feel like it's very off brand for me being an over planner. I guess I just assume that we'll be able to wing it, which I, when we went to LA back in like March, that backfired tremendously.
0: Shout us in the butt.
1: And I guess we just assumed since it was 24 hours and we would be seeing a friend, we wouldn't have that much free time.
0: And I think there's, I think there is a level of overconfidence because for LA, we were both like, oh, we've been there before. Right, we know what to do. We know things. We'll go do this. Oh, there's this whole, there's this whole YouTube series of food. We'll go eat those places. Right. Didn't work. And I had the same overconfidence with San Antonio. Like I had been there twice before. So I was like, Oh, I'm an expert. I know exactly what to do. <laughs> well, I've done this before.
1: It, um, it could have been terrible because uh we barely got to see my friend because her AC went out in our home and she had to deal with repairmen in the middle of summer in the middle of a crazy heat wave. Um, so we were kind of on our own. But lo and behold, we ended up booking a hotel called The Crockett. Essentially on the premises of the Alamo.
0: You could view the Alamo.
1: From our window. From our window. Right. Which means we were like walking distance from the river walk, from the Alamo. We could see the Alamo from our window. We like, it ended up working out really, really well. Yep. Because I've only been to San Antonio one other time, but we like dr- like drove past the Alamo essentially. And then didn't and really now do anything.
0: You can't even drive past no, it. No, you
1: can't even drive past it anymore. So it worked out really well that we were there. And this is the, the thing that I thought was the funniest was that me, a third generation Texan, did not remember a dang thing about the Alamo. Meanwhile, Chicago born and bred Joseph over here was like educating me. Got <laughs> would be like, wait, what happened again? And then you were like popping out like over my shoulder, like giving me a full history lesson. I thought that was the funniest thing ever.
0: You in fact did not remember the I Alamo. Did not,
1: which is so funny because I remember very clearly uh, I being raised on like John Wayne movies growing up and he, his famous, well, I mean. I feel like every John Wayne movie is famous, but one of the most famous ones, at least to my mind, is The Alamo. Have you seen it?
0: No, I have not. It
1: is so long. Like, I don't think I could watch it. I don't... This is what's... This is a tangent that I'll end quickly. I remember watching a lot of classic old movies and old westerns growing up that I don't think a normal child would have the attention span for. Like, Fiddler on the Roof, even, was my favorite musical, which is long and very slow, so I don't know how I was able to be so enamored with them. But anyway, he's in the Alamo, and I watched that religiously, and I don't didn't remember anything. I didn't even remember that we lost at the Alamo. That's how sad, <laughs> that's how bad it was. See, I,
0: I would be curious to watch the movie now, because I would imagine that there were certain things that were... Borderline accurate, but then oh, I'm right. sure that there were things that were not
1: right. No, I'm I like I, without looking it up. Probably the only thing that was accurate was like the character names and the fact that it lost. But I'm pretty sure none of that movie was actually. It was probably like some sort of like romance epic or whatever. It was a John Wayne movie,
0: and I would imagine that. The and ending, he played Davy
1: Crockett, by the way.
0: I would imagine the ending wasn't actually the ending of the Alamo itself. It probably was when. I think it was Sam Houston sent all the troops down.
1: No, I'm pretty sure the ending is the ending of the album. Really? It was like about legit so just, just the album. it was
0: sad, sad, sad ending. It was like
1: a sad, sad epic, Davy yeah. Davy
0: Crockett yelling out something and then being murdered.
1: Right, essentially. But it was a fun little trip. It was a, a lot of cowboy stuff everywhere. Yeah. Like a weird, like think tex Next food, but in like aesthetic. And that was everywhere. Which was interesting. Yep. We did. Um, my friend was able to take us to dinner, and we got to have she and her family's from Nigeria, and so she, she took us to a West African restaurant. And let me tell you,
0: that was good. What food. was the name
1: of the rice? Jollof.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Ooh, y'all! I could literally just eat this rice by itself, per like eternity. It was so freaking good, and filling, so good. Yep,
0: I would like a little bit of the the protein was good. We had mixed protein on there, and all of that was delicious. It was so good. Chicken leg, the I think it it tasted like the beef was like almost fried, maybe because it had nice crispy edges, Mm. but the inside was delectable. It was so good. It was very young. So,
1: shout out that restaurant.
0: Very, very young. I don't even remember like, like the
1: name. Kubom? Kubom's Grill?
0: Yeah, Cobom. Kubom. Kubom. Like what I realized, and I think looking back on it, looking at things like LA, I'm realizing the shorter the trip, I feel like the more planning you have to do because it requires basically you have fewer hours. And because of those fewer hours, you have to, Climb it I feel in. like you have to maximize that time. Whereas if you've got like five days somewhere, you plan one main thing around that day and then you just kind of wing the rest of the day. Right, 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 right. And right. then you don't feel as stressed. And I, I felt like we did good in right. LA with that.
1: Well, and I think. Eh. The different, the the factor, like the danger factor in that is the fact that we have a four-year-old. Because you and I could just like chill out at a coffee shop for a couple hours and be fine. A four-year-old cannot do that. No. So that's what makes planning an itinerary ideal.
0: Yep, exactly. Whereas if we have one or two things planned for a day and... The rest of the day, we're going to like plan the next day or something. We have to go back to the hotel or Airbnb so that that four year old can sit there and watch watch Octonauts
1: on the television.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, he's having a meltdown. And having a meltdown in 110 degree heat is not enjoyable. Right.
1: I feel like he enjoyed himself. It was y'all it's hot.
0: It was so hot.
1: So, so hot. And I just uh, saw the weather cause I follow Pete Delkis on Twitter who is hilarious on Twitter. He says, I guess uh, tomorrow will be, like we will break the, the record for the, the most consecutive days over 100.
0: Since when? Uh, for the year?
1: Uh, for the year. And he said like, we, th- we're going to have over 100 degrees at least until the end of, like through the end of July. Okay, like y'all, that's hot, and I don't think there's rain. Like it's that hot, and there's no. We need to turn the sprinklers on.
0: Yep, (laughs) don't forget that. We're gonna turn those sprinklers on the
1: poor grass for
0: all of you out there with sprinklers. Maybe you want to turn them on, but
1: only do it at night because otherwise it will evaporate and or burn your grass.
0: And don't do it on the wrong days.
1: And don't water the concrete.
0: If we're in a drought. And we have water restrictions. You better not be (laughs) overwatering because then you're hurting all of us.
1: Joe, sprinkle, (laughs) please. Okay. Hold on. Before we get
0: off the sprinkles, I just want to (laughs) say I feel like nobody gets tickets for sprinklers. Like nobody actually monitors the sprinklers. Of
1: course not. It's the honor system. It's
0: ridiculous. It's absolutely I don't ridiculous. Think they're
1: legally allowed to give you a ticket. Yeah, for that. absolutely,
0: they are. Those are city. But how are they are going to codes? know
1: unless a cop is literally monitoring every single house like that? We don't have the manpower to do that.
0: Well, somebody calls in and complains and says, "Hey, this sprinkler's been going but, off but every they single have morning." To
1: prove it.
0: Yeah, then the cop just goes there the next morning at that time.
1: But they have to prove that it's consecutive and not like a one-off.
0: No, if they're watering on the wrong day. Then they get a ticket.
1: But we don't have that in Dallas County. I think we do. Okay. Well, anyway, moving on. We'll have on. to check. Moving on, oh moving on from the Sprinkle Police.
0: Moving on from the Sprinkle Police.
1: Does Joe know?
0: Yes, Joe, I do. do
1: you know the geologist in this
0: <laughs> article? <laughs> no, I don't.
1: <laughs> How do you know? You don't even know. I probably don't. We saw this article on the way home. And so you know, you know the headline, but I haven't read it in either of you. It also looks like it's from a super sketchy website.
0: Sci News.
1: News. It says 1.2 billion year old groundwater system found in South African mine, which to me screams Joe would care about this. Am I correct?
0: This is interesting. Okay.
1: Geologists have discovered 1.2 billion year old groundwater about three kilometers below surface in Moab Kotsong, a gold and uranium producing mine in South Africa. This ancient groundwater is enriched in the highest concentrations of radiogenic products yet discovered in fluid. They dis- Wait, dis- that makes
0: sense. If you're in, in a, a, uranium a uranium mine, mine. of course. <laughs> so here's the funny thing about uranium: it is it is actually very mobile. So you can strip off uranium, and it will move with the water. So you can get these really high uranium concentrations in like a sandstone, but you don't actually have a uranium deposit. You just have the ancient signature. You have the signature of an ancient aquifer.
1: What I love the most about that, other than your intelligence, is that you actually think that the five people who listen to this can understand what you just said.
0: Basically what I'm saying is it's stripping off some of the signature. So like think of it almost like a dye That you're stripping from these blue rocks.
1: Uranium is blue. No, this is just an example.
0: (laughs) And now that blue dye is stuck inside sandstone. And you're like, oh, we're going to be able to find our blue rocks here. Well, no. This is just where water used to flow. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Pulling blue from other blue rocks.
1: I see, I see. The discovery have implications beyond Earth. (gasps) What? Where on rocky planets such as Mars, subsurface water may persist on long timescales despite surface conditions that no longer provide a habitable zone. Oh, fudge, that was just the byline. <laughs> uh, let me see. Let me see. Do we know a geologist's name? Oliver War.
0: Oliver War.
1: It just says W-A-R-R. And mm. colleagues from the University of Toronto.
0: Hmm. No, well, actually, whoa! Let me they check. found
1: an unprecedented discovery of krypton eighty six. Do you know what krypton eighty six is?
0: Krypton eighty six is w- pretty sure one of the half life byproducts or daughter elements from uranium breakdown. It says it but never before
1: it's, seen tracer this powerful reaction history.
0: I think it's the third or fourth daughter element.
1: What's a dot? Don't. This is not the podcast. So when you have
0: a uranium or any type of isotope or radio, radioactive isotope break apart, the parent is the uranium. The daughter elements are what it turns into.
1: Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it.
0: What'd you say that name was?
1: Oliver War or War. W-A-R-R. I just assumed it was War because it had two R's.
0: W-A-R-R. That
1: is correct, sir
0: then I do not know oh, him. Oh, my no. gosh, you
1: scared me. I thought you were going to know him. Did you type him in your contacts? No, I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm connected to an Oliver Ward,
1: oh, who is a
0: geologist. From and Toronto? I've, I know. So Toronto and Canada actually have a lot of great geologists that are very active and do really cool stuff all around the world. And it's not just from Toronto. It's a lot of the people I know are from... Western Canada, like British Columbia, the Yukon.
1: So did you just check on LinkedIn? Yeah. Can you find this guy on LinkedIn and befriend him?
0: Uh, I mean... Oh I, my
1: gosh. Okay. New game. We're going to play Does Joe Know? And if you don't know them, you have to be like send them a LinkedIn friend request.
0: So on LinkedIn, there's a wind turbine technician, regional manager at Innova...
1: That's not something
0: or a prison officer at unlocked (laughs) at unlocked prisons.
1: Okay. speaking of space, getting back to the topic, I think it is I want to say maybe it's tomorrow. It's sometime this week. um, NASA is going to unveil the first images from the new uh, is it a telescope,
0: the new telescope.
1: Yeah, the new space telescope. I'm so jazzed. Have you seen like the little previews that they've sent out? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, they're beautiful. But I have a question for you. And again, who knows if you're actually qualified to answer this question. You're just the expert on all things science to me. Does NASA ever edit any of those photos?
0: There are levels of editing. But the answer... There are... Ways that you can edit it, yes.
1: But they're not adding like what colors they are, and stuff. No,
0: what they are releasing are not edited. Now, to that point, some of those, and I, I have not looked at all, some of them may be false color images.
1: What does that mean?
0: When you take a, an image of something, you get more than just the visible light spectrum. If you want to make that a false color image you can view part of the infrared light spectrum. So basically think of like, you're looking at the regular colors. Now you're shifting along the color spectrum into stuff that we can't see. And now you are displaying that. You're visibly showing that and you're giving that infrared wavelength a color. So that makes it, it's, Infrared doesn't have a color, but you are assigning it a color. So now it is a false color image.
1: So NASA does that?
0: For some of for some satellite imagery, I know that they do that. And it might be like, if you're looking at an infrared image, that's not actually a, a color that you're looking at. So it's a false color image. For some of these, it could also be the same. I am not. That is something that should be on the fine print in all of the images.
1: It will be like a little asterisk to say... It should say say whether it's... A false... It
0: should say kind of what the wavelength is that you're looking at, whether that's visible light spectrum, ultraviolet spectrum, infrared spectrum, if it's a false color image. If they really get detailed, it might actually even tell you how many images they're stacking. So one thing that they will do, probably... Again, I I have no idea cuz I'm I'm not looking at these images. One thing that you can do is what's called stacking. So if you and if you look at your phone when you've got it on like the high res version, you'll notice that it actually takes two images oh. of a picture. What it does there is then it combines them. It removes all of the impurities and basically what that does is it it makes the image pop more so like where you are since you don't move you it's like two of you but then if there's like something weird in the background like some type of impurity or something that would get removed so this instead of taking two images and combining them to remove that noise now you're you're able to do something like 10 or 20 or 2000 images and then you remove all of the noise, which is that background stuff that you don't care about. And that's how you get those really clean, really crisp, what almost looks like it's been been edited kind of image.
1: I have one question.
0: Yep. How
1: do you know all this random stuff? Like, where do you store it in your little brain?
0: That is the same process that you do for all data. So if you if you have <laughs> seismic images, you're taking a... Now you're measuring the velocities that you're sending audio waves into the ground, and you stack that data so that you can get cleaner images of, of the seismic velocity of the subsurface. So it's the same exact process, except different wavelengths.
1: So the answer would just be that you're smart.
0: Eh, I mean, it's all... It's all kind of the same.
1: <laughs> we didn't talk about this, but we watched probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen with the best cast. Mm. Moonfall. Mm. It Moonfall. oh y'all, it's it's on. Uh, you may have seen the advertisements Is it on because Netflix? I feel no. It was like Amazon. Amazon's, you don't rent it. You have to buy it, uh, oh, or yeah, you have to pay did to rent, rent it. it. I've seen so many ads for it. There's like Halle Berry. There's like that guy from um, Game of Thrones. There's Another famous guy whose name is escaping me. Y'all. It was so bad on so many levels. Like not to mention the fact that the plot, you kind of like under, it's a sci-fi. I mean, it's a movie that's entitled Moonfall about the moon falling to earth, which basic understanding of science, even I could tell you that's, you can't come back from that. But then the, the acting from these high caliber actors was so terrible. I just could not get over it. I was like, how could you stoop so low?
0: I think there's, I think there's two aspects to this. One, it's, it's definitely sci-fi and very far sci-fi, which makes it, which kind of breaks all of the laws of physics. And, I, and they point that out in the movie. So overall, I think it was a really good premise and no. had, it <laughs> had it had some interesting merit that just did not, it didn't materialize well. The other thing with the acting, I think when it comes to acting, you are limited by the script. And I feel like- The script is bad. We, yes. And we saw it with the Robinsons. And I felt like one of us out of the four of us could pretty much predict the end of every single line. Right. And I felt like we were doing that the whole movie. So it's one of those that if the script is bad, you can be as you can be this great actor, but it's like, it almost becomes a joke because it's so bad. And they probably had, because of all of that, I would think that they would have pretty limited direction and, Ability to like do this in a good way. If that makes sense. Like it felt like it should have been more of a drama. But it it seemed like it was bordering on comedy.
1: I don't think it was bordering on comedy. I think it was that bad.
0: Oh, well. I mean. But
1: my biggest takeaway from the movie was uh, this is the first time. And I need to look it up. Is it true that they're actually conspiracy theory? long story short, the premise of the movie, and this isn't a spoiler, uh, is there is a g- small group of conspiracy theorists who believe that the moon is not actually a moon but a alien built structure
0: an alien megastructure mega structure.
1: Mega structure. They're called megastructurists. And you know what? I hope this is a real conspiracy theory because otherwise that just makes the plot even that more stupid. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if people believe that that's like bordering on flat earthers, which, you know, I kind of love them in an endearing way. But if it was a conspiracy theory made up for this movie, which was based on a book, then it was, that's just even more stupid.
0: I don't think it, And I don't know, but I don't think it is made up because if you think about, if you think about Thor and, and the Avengers and the whole, I think it was part of the plot of the Infinity War part one and two, he has to go and like the, the place where they make all of these God, God bearing weapons is essentially this big thing where they are harvesting the energy of a white dwarf, which is an old dead star. And it looks very similar in that it has the spinny cylindrical things and is essentially a megastructure that is now making weapons. So it's like a weapon forge that is built very similarly. So I feel like this is something that has probably been a conspiracy theory or a theory in itself of like alien megastructures, probably going back 50, 60 years.
1: Okay, I got digitalspy.com. dot com. Like, God, I accept the cookies. Uh, Moonfall cast address real life conspiracy theories about the moon. What's a Dyson sphere?
0: That is that that whole thing with the spinnies.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. In the nineteen seventies. It was said that the moon was ringing like a bell after NASA recorded a series of earthquakes on the moon. And that, I guess, led to conspiracy theory that the moon was hollow mm-hmm. and thus a megastructure.
0: But megastructures themselves are, in fact, a, an existing theory on alien intelligence? That, that's a, Sorry, say that again. Are megastructures and megastructurists, is that a current working theory for science fiction, alien intelligence? Yeah, I think it's
1: like a, yeah, it's, there's truthfully not, it's honestly hard to find anything that's not related to this movie. It just says like, this megastructures conspiracy theory is wild. The real conspiracy theory is behind the Moonfall movie. Five scientific explanations that fail to explain the alien megastructure star. So there you go. Wait, alien megastructure star may not be so special after all. A mysterious star whose repeated bouts of darkening might be due to alien megastructures, according to some researchers.
0: So I think that the idea of megastructures has been around at least for a while. And it may have come from that quote-unquote, ringing from the earthquakes on the moon. But if I remember anything from the things that I've learned, there is a seismometer. I forget if it's on the moon or if it's on Mars, but the problem is that it was set up in the... It wasn't set on the ground. It was still on the lander that landed. Which means it's actually just recording the wind. It's not actually recording anything that's happening in the in the ground itself. If that's on the moon, that would sound a lot like a constant ringing.
1: Well, now, and I just don't want to read this whole article, that may have just been the summary of the movie. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not actually a thing, but it's a real conspiracy theory.
0: So, I think that... I think there's something there. I think it's interesting. I would be interested to learn more if I was more of a like planetary right, right, right. geophysicist. But honestly, I just have so many other things to think about and worry about.
1: Do you think that flat earthers and megastructurists would be friends or like enemies because they are literally on the two opposite like one believes in a earth that is flat? And the other believes that we are, in fact, around, but we are alien megastructures.
0: Well, I don't think that they think the Earth is an alien megastructure.
1: Oh, I, I thought think, that was kind of implied. Oh, that's right, because it's spoiler the, alert. In the movie, the moon is the moon. Moon created the Earth. But that's what I thought. I thought they built the Earth as a megastructure. The moon built Earth as a megastructure, another megastructure.
0: But, no, the Earth is not a megastructure. The Earth is the Earth. Well, how
1: convenient that only the moon is a megastructure and not the Earth?
0: I don't know. Maybe.
1: Okay. Whatever.
0: But, yeah, I think if I looked to the stars more, I would be wondering what they are maybe a little bit more. But we got things on on Earth that we need to think about.
1: In ancient Near Eastern cosmology, they just thought they were spiritual beings.
0: Yeah. And again... I'm focused here (laughs) on this earth. I'm going to solve the problems on earth first. Then we can go beyond. I thought you were going to go somewhere with like
1: Elon Musk
0: or something. (laughs) That's where I thought we were going.
1: No, I was about wait, just like right then or with the story? about No,
0: with the, you were like, Oh, talking about extraterrestrials or whatever you said. Oh,
1: I got nothing to say about Elon Musk.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we'll (laughs) spend plenty of time talking about Elon later.
1: I hope he doesn't buy Twitter.
0: Elon, he's making babies, buying or not buying Twitter. Like, he's doing so many things. We're going to have an episode all about Elon soon. (laughs) And it's going to be called All About Elon.
1: Does Joe know? (laughs) Do you know? Is he on LinkedIn?
0: Probably not. He's too cool for
1: LinkedIn. Who invented LinkedIn?
0: I don't know. Wow! Somebody.
1: What a what a star! Because like you know who invented Facebook and you know who invented Twitter, sort of, but we don't know who invented LinkedIn.
0: Do you? Rem- no, we do. I just don't. I don't know. Do you remember
1: when everybody was Facebook friends with what with Mark Zuckerberg?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and MySpace with whoever that guy was.
1: The MySpace guy.
0: Yeah, the MySpace guy.
1: Oh, I just thought that was Mark Zucker. I don't remember the MySpace guy.
0: <laughs> no, Mark Zuckerberg. Was he like your
1: number one friend on MySpace it, when you first opened your MySpace account?
0: I think so. Maybe it's I'm like getting MySpace confused. Tom or something.
1: MySpace Tom, yes, Is it Tom. Yes, you're right. It's Tom. Yeah. And then you quickly removed him from your top five.
0: It's like, who's Tom? What are you doing here?
1: Hmm. <laughs> you know, Anywho, it's crazy. Well,
0: craziness.
1: Give a sponsor for us?
0: Um, do I have a sponsor? Do I have a sponsor? Well, through all of this, the one thing that we. I don't know what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> there doesn't have to be sponsor. I was going to say,
0: and this isn't a sponsor, not sponsor, more of just a shout out, but Clim-a-lo, Climate, spelled K L Y M I T we we have a sleeping pad from them it got a hole in it and you don't like that sleeping pad Correct. anyway and i asked them hey overall like we don't we want to try a new one because this one's just not going to work for us and frankly these all keep failing and they're like yeah totally let us send you which one would you be interested in i was like oh this new one that you've got that has like a memory foam topper and they said yeah totally and they sent it to us so i just want to say climate has a great customer service program so if any of our listeners are campers i don't know if any of them are but if they are and they like like check you out. know if they like gear go check out climate they have cool stuff. And that's it. Cool. So, not really a sponsor?
1: Oh, totally a but
0: sponsor. But I'll I'll give them I'll give them a pro bono sponsorship.
1: <laughs> for the free.
0: Yeah, for basically the,
1: free.
0: Yeah, for the paid 5 years ago now new sleeping bad, <laughs> pad. Okay, that's it. Let's stop rambling.
1: Bye. Bye-bye.